Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Spotlights. This is the podcast for the Yale Forum on Religion and Ecology. And uh, normally each week we feature somebody working in or around the field of religion ecology, putting the spotlight on them, as it were. But this week I'll be talking about a uh, much larger phenomenon than just one person. We'll be talking about the annual meeting of the American Academy of Religion, uh, which is taking place virtually uh, starting November 30th and ending on December 10th this year. And of course, it's being held virtually because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, otherwise, it was scheduled to be in Boston. And uh, next year's is scheduled to be in San Antonio. So we'll see if we're in person for that one. Basically, what I want to do is say a little bit about what this event is, why it's important for the study of uh, religion and ecology in particular, and let you know some things to keep an eye out for. So if you are attending the event, this will be a little bit of a roadmap. And if you're not attending, then this will be a way to kind of get a sense of what's happening there and the kind of stuff that normally happens there, the kind of stuff to expect in the future. You know, I'll say a little bit about what the AAR is historically. The American Academy of Religion is basically the largest gathering of religious studies scholars in the world as far as annual meetings go. I think that's true. If not, maybe somebody can let me know but I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's accurate. And it normally uh, coincides also with the annual meeting of the Society of Biblical Literature, SBL. So AAR, SBL. It's a massive event. And um, it's been going on for the AAR, I guess, as a term, as the proper name has been since the 1960s. But the organization actually dates back to the early 20th century. And it started as a, a group of scholars doing biblical studies and gradually expanded Banded to include all sorts of religious studies and theological kind of inquiry. So these days, it's broken up into a variety of section units, like different groups that focus on different topics. I think it's around 150 different groups. So really going to this event and just going to one group's panels and seeing the papers and things that are being presented, that alone would keep you busy. Uh, it's impossible to go to all 150 groups events. Really, you can barely even go to two groups events. Uh, there's so many things happening with each group. And, you know, these groups are really diverse. I'm not going to list all 150, um, maybe another time. But for now, I'll list a few just to give you a sense of uh, the diversity, right? You have uh, the section on African diaspora religions, a section on Buddhism, actually multiple sections on Buddhism, one on Buddhist philosophy, for instance, one on Buddhism in the West. Um, you have a section on human enhancement and transhumanism, uh, philosophy of religion, religion, sport, and play, Kierkegaard, religion, and culture. A few people get their own section. Kierkegaard's one of those people that gets his own section. Schleiermacher, likewise, has his own section. Uh, Western esotericism, yoga in theory and practice, yogachara studies, right? So just about anything you could imagine is happening there and has, you know, for each one of the sections... You have multiple panels, and each panel with multiple presenters, right? So a lot of different things happening. So obviously, in the context of this podcast, what I'm really here to talk to you about is how ecological perspectives are represented at an event like this. And over the years, the presence of people thinking about ecology, environmental issues, nature, animality, materiality, you know, all that side of things, uh, that's grown increasingly every year right? Every year, there's a little bit more happening, um, including throughout all those different sections, right? So Buddhist philosophy might have something on Buddhist philosophy and animals, right? 
uh, section on yoga and theory and practice. I might talk about yoga and the environment. Uh, more specifically, there are a few sections that are focused entirely on these kinds of intersections. So uh, the religion and ecology group is uh, the main one to kind of look at. So if you look at the program book online and see the events, you can just search for religion and ecology, and you'll find all the different events that the religion and ecology group is hosting. And they've been around for a while and gradually have kind of led to some other offshoots emerging, other groups that are similar, but slightly different in focus. So the animals in religion group is a good example. So they've emerged, and instead of focusing just on ecology in general, they focus specifically on animals. And geez, there's a lot of good stuff happening all the time. That's one of those things. If you care a lot about ecological issues and animal issues, you're going to be officially too busy to attend all these events. So, you know, if you miss one, we'll try and recap it here for you uh, over the next few weeks as we're doing some kind of AAR reports. So what the religion ecology group is one to look at, the animals and religion group is one to look at, uh, religion and food, another very closely related uh, group, uh, space, place, and religion, that's another good one. Um, and then there's some other groups that kind of bump up against it, like body and religion is another one, um, open and relational theologies, that group is good. If you're interested in like process philosophy, process theology, you know, stuff like Pierre Teilhard de Chardin or Alfred North Whitehead and how those relate to maybe feminist theory or critical race studies, you know, all kinds of different things. So in a way, every group, as we've seen the environmental crisis intensify and we've seen more people get involved with these issues, every group at the AAR is getting a little bit more involved. But uh, the ones to really keep an eye on are definitely religion, ecology and, and animals and religion. They deal with these issues just consistently. Um, I'll give you some specifics to keep an eye out for. So, you know, when you're seeing this, it's kind of already too late for some things, right? Um, this video will be coming out on November 30th, the first day of the conference. So if you're seeing this, you've already like missed some things. <laughs> and so I won't talk about what's happening Monday. I will say, you know, Monday, one of the things happening Monday um, is at 11 a.m. Eastern time is a panel from the Buddhist Critical Constructive Unit. Um, and they're talking about the work of Joanna Macy. And Joanna Macy, such an important figure in the history of deep ecology and ecological interpretations of Buddhism. Uh, so there's some really good stuff happening like right out of the gate. As far as what to keep an eye out for from the Religion and Ecology Unit, from this week, right, uh, we'll have some stuff on December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And so Tuesday, there's a panel on religion and ecological futures. Uh, Wednesday, there's a panel on the legacies of Sally McFaig, Rosemary Radford Ruther, and Dennis Edwards. Three brilliant eco-theologians in their own right. But uh, together, they have a lot of insights uh, that are related to each other. So that should be an interesting panel. Uh, Thursday... The third, uh, Anna Gade's Muslim Environmentalisms, Religious and Social Foundations, uh, will have a roundtable. So that book came out in 2019, Muslim Environmentalisms. Can't recommend it enough. Um, and so seeing a lot of people doing a kind of critical and constructive analysis of their response to that book, that should also be another interesting one. And then what? That's kind of it for this week. Next Monday, um, what would that be then? The 6th? Uh, uh, no, that's the 7th, December 7th, 
there will be a really special panel uh, from the Religion Ecology Unit on religion, ecology, coloniality, and settler colonialism, life at the intersection. Uh, so such a pressing issue. And uh, this should be a really interesting panel. And I think that's also when there's the business meeting for the Religion Ecology Group. So the business meetings, that's when each of these groups kind of talks about what it's like to be a group. You have to plan how you're going to organize your call for papers for the following year and talk about who's going to be on the steering committee, who's going to chair the group. Um, and uh, that's a great opportunity to really steer where these different fields of study are headed. So that's just some stuff to look at for this week in the religion and ecology section. But like I said, there's a lot of other groups that in one way or another will pick up on ecological themes. So like the mysticism unit is a good example. Uh, mysticism, they're not always talking about environmental issues in the mysticism unit, but this year they have a couple panels that are explicitly dealing with the relationship between mysticism and ecology. Uh, so what? One of those is coming up Tuesday, right? December 1st. It's coming very soon. And it's uh, Mysticism and Ecology on Wilhelmine Otten's book, Thinking Nature and the Nature of Thinking, from Irigina to Emerson. So that should be a pretty rewarding uh, panel. Anytime you have a roundtable about a book, that's always a great way to get to know a book that maybe you haven't read and you want to, or maybe you already did read and you want to hear other people's responses to it. And then what? Uh, the next day, the third, on Wednesday... Uh, mysticism unit is having another ecologically oriented panel. This one's called mysticism in the wild ecology and nature in the mystic frame. And incidentally, uh, I'll be presenting some stuff on that panel. I won't say anything about it now. Maybe, maybe next week I give a little bit of a summary, of some of the, some of the stuff that goes on in, uh, in these mysticism panels. So that's just a couple things to keep an eye out for and just a sense of what we'll be doing here on this podcast for the next few weeks. So in a way, you can kind of think of this episode as a bit of like a pre-game show, just explaining a little bit about what the AAR is and why it relates to the field of religion and ecology. And next week, we'll have something like a halftime show, right? Kind of halfway through, I'll have a guest on, somebody from the steering committee of the religion and ecology group, and we'll chat about what happened during the first week and kind of what to expect during the last few days, right? Because this event doesn't end till the 10th. So we'll still have a few days left of it at that point. And then the following week on December 14th, I'll come back again to kind of do something like a post game show, like a recap. And so for those of you who are attending the event, hopefully the recap uh, will help you integrate some of the ideas that you already had and some of the responses and reflections that were already emerging for you. And for those folks who aren't attending the event, for whatever reason, uh, this can be something like a digest for you to get some of that information, even though you weren't there. So I hope you find that all helpful. And uh, for those of you who have no idea really what the AAR is, hopefully this is a good way to get into uh, what kind of events scholars participate in, in order to not just build knowledge, but also build the relationships and the friendships that make academia keep running, right? Academia, it's not just a giant institution, it's made of people. And these people have actual living relationships and, uh, and these kind of big events are ways that those relationships are built and maintained. And obviously, one of the things that happens a lot is that people have really good times in the halls after a panel, right? Or they'll go out for a lunch or a dinner or something like that and you have coffee with somebody the next morning and all these kinds of things 
are all ways of building and maintaining the relationships that make uh, academia what it is and make the field of religion and ecology what it is. And so the virtual gathering misses a lot of that stuff, but it still does have some really thoughtful papers uh, from some really brilliant minds who are sharing some important ideas to help us think through our relationship to the natural world. So uh, I'll go ahead and leave it there for now. And like I said, I'll be back next week to kind of give you a bit of a halftime report and hear from one of the steering committee members from the Religion Ecology Group to let us know how it's been going so far and what to expect next. So in the meantime, be well and take care.